Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. If I could go back, I'd do everything different. Like what, she said. Oh, everything. He turned back to the mirror. This big old world and we only get to go through it once. The saddest thing there is, you ask me. Britt Bennett, The Vanishing Half. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by Robbie Hopkins, a former teacher, librarian, now homeschool dad. You'll recognize Robbie from our spring playlist meets book list episode. He's a music and literary aficionado. And today he's made us a summer playlist based on some of my anticipated summer reads. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Annie. It's so good to be back. It's so fun. This is, I prefer recording in person. I feel like I've said that multiple times during quarantine (laughs) because I like to read people's faces and to see, but I'm so glad you've joined me this way. Well, I can promise you I'll be smiling the whole time. This was yet another challenging playlist to make, but still just as fun as the first one. Okay. So to refresh listeners' memories, basically I sent Robbie a list of some of my most anticipated seasonal titles. So we did this back in the spring. Now we're doing it for summer. And then Robbie used his I mean, it's really magic what you're doing because you haven't, have you read any of these? Have not read. I I know the synopsises or the the, the breakdown of each kind of the idea of the book, the theme of the book, but that's about it. That's all I'm going on. And I kind of love that. Like we did last time. I really like not knowing everything about the book. We talked about doing like a follow-up bonus episode and I think then quarantine happened and I didn't really follow up on anything. (laughs) Yeah, I remember when we recorded the first one, it was like the week before shutdown or something. Yeah, but I will tell you, I listened to the playlist multiple times and then I did subsequently read a lot of the books and it was so funny how the songs really did match up with those books themes or just even the vibe, if that makes sense. Like the vibe of the book definitely matched the vibe of the song. So great job. Well, I hope I did as good this time. This was a little bit more challenging than the first one. Um, There are a couple books in here that I was like, Annie Butterworth, what are you thinking, girl? (laughs) Okay. Well, I cannot wait to find out which ones. Should we dive right in? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, so the first book is The Vanishing Half. This is a book I've talked about a lot. It's the quote I led the episode with. This is Britt Bennett. She is one of my favorite modern writers. I think this is her sophomore novel called The Vanishing Half. I loved her first book called The Mothers. This is about two sisters who go very separate ways and lead very separate lives and kind of what follows that decision and that kind of breaking of those two of that relationship. So I'm very curious what you came up with, because this is a spoiler alert kind of sort of this is my favorite book of the year so far. Well, I was going to say out of there are two books on this list that we'll be talking about today that really have piqued my interest. And this is one of them. This is absolutely uh, the idea of them one of them kind of pretending to be someone else and one of them stuck out. It's a very intriguing idea for a book. However, what I went with was, uh, like we said last time, we're going more on the theme of the song, the fe- or the, the feel of the book. And the mm-hmm. first thing that stuck out to me was New Orleans, that this is kind of centered in yes. Louisiana, community in Louisiana. And I know they 
do eventually escape and get to New Orleans, I think before California. I think, yes. you know, I'm not sure. But so there is now last time I was on your podcast, I said, I'm going to try not to throw bluegrass and jazz at people. Well, <laughs> I got through one podcast. So we're going to start off with jazz because it's New Orleans. And yes. there's no one that says New Orleans today musically like Wynton Marsalis. So he is one of my favorite modern trumpet players. Okay. And this is actually, we're going to start off with a live song. Okay, that's different for a playlist, I feel like. But it's it, with, with him, there's so much energy in his music. And this is called The Cat in the Hat is Back. Okay. And I love the title of it, too, because she comes back to, yes. uh, to New Orleans. And this is going to sound like New Orleans. If, if, if oh, We should probably mention that the, the link to the Spotify playlist is, should be in the show notes, right? Yes, we're going to put that in the show notes because as we talked about last episode, the From the Front Porch podcast slash the bookshelf does not make enough money to <laughs> to play <laughs> clips of each of these songs. Although, boy, do we wish we could. Oh, um, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But you can click over and listen on Spotify to all of these songs. Absolutely. And so I kind of put a little teaser at the beginning of the playlist, him introducing his live show. But you, if you don't fill New Orleans with this, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that makes me really happy because one of the plans that Jordan and I, the lost plans Jordan and I are grieving during quarantine is that we did not get to go to Jazz Fest in New oh, Orleans. Wow. It was my birthday present this year. Jeez, and um, I know, right? It was a really good present, but it was postponed until October and who knows what that will even look like. So it kind of makes me happy that I could get a little taste of that by listening to this song. Absolutely. You'll love it. I promise. Okay, next, I am dying to know what you wound up picking for this book. The next book is Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld, which we have discussed on this podcast a lot because I read it in May. It is super intriguing. The premise is simple. It is a fiction book. It's a novel based on the life of Hillary Clinton, but it is imagining as if she and Bill never married, hence the title Rodham. I think it's really interesting, thought-provoking literature worth discussing, I think, in a book club setting in particular. But I purposely put it on this list. Yes, because it's in much anticipated title. I think it will be everywhere this summer. But also, I was like, what could he possibly pick for this? Challenge accepted. Man, when I saw this, when I saw this book, I didn't, I knew, really knew nothing about it, to be honest with you. I was like, I, one, I love alternate history books. I love, yes. there's a lot of really good authors out there that'll take major events and say, what if it happened? You know, the what if genre, mm -hmm. right? I love those. But when you threw Clinton at me, I was like, <laughs> wow, okay, let's, what, what can you do with this? And there, yeah. I, I'm looking at my notes. There must be five songs on here that I chose and crossed out. The first one being Regret by New Order or Why Do Fools Fall in Love or oh. I can't even tell. There's so many. But then I said, what would my Uncle Jim want <laughs> for this? My Uncle Jim, God rest his soul, but he, I loved, he was a fun, fun man. And one of my favorite memories of him when I was around, I don't know, I was in the 80s, is whenever Quarter Flash would come on, he would lose his mind and start singing at the top of his lungs. And the song was Harden My Heart. I'm going to harden my heart. I'm going to swallow my tears. And this this song, I think just it sounded like the perfect theme song for this book and especially this alternate timeline. I really honestly might give this book a try. Totally not in my wheelhouse. I don't have a political bone in my body. <laughs> but 
this the so the alternate history thing the the what if is so intriguing to me especially yeah. when you're taking a person who is still alive on planet earth today I, can you imagine being her reading this book? I mean, that you know, that is one of the things I have thought about this whole time. Is I've thought about, gosh, these people are still. I mean, Bill and Hillary and Chelsea, they are all still living. We, as an American people, know a lot about them. Like we have followed them since the '90s, and the way. And I think Curtis Sittenfeld did a really good job. But I think you would get a kick out of it because there's even a page where like the presidencies are imagined like what who perhaps could have been president from the 90s on in this imagined history it's really interesting the conclusions she reaches and how she gets there but i also would love to know if hillary will wind up reading this book herself i'm just so curious oh you have to i know it's kind of like did elton john go see rocket man you know that right. has to be the most surreal thing in the world right Okay, I can't wait to hear that song because this that was to me, I thought this is going to be really challenging. The next book is The Lightness by Emily Temple. This is one that I have not read yet, but I'm very curious because it reminds me of a lot of books I have read and enjoyed, like a book called The Optimistic Decade or The Girls, which came out a few years ago, kind of this cult summer camp situation uh, that I am always intrigued by. This young woman, uh, her father goes missing at this like enlightenment meditation camp. So she decides to go find him one summer. And when she arrives at the camp, she stays. And I am so curious about this book and very curious what song you picked. Yeah. Let me tell you this one, I, as I was reading the plot, it, 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 it kind of struck me because it, it sounded pretty normal. She's going out to, was it Colorado maybe? Yes, that's or something, right. Trying to find dad and this, that, and the other. And then out of nowhere, and they try to levitate and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Really. It takes a turn. Yeah. Okay. And then, so immediately when I read, when I read that, the first thing that went to my head was, ladies and gentlemen, we are now floating in space by, it's a band called Spiritualized. They're an English band. So this is okay. 90s, 2000 and up. English rock. Um, the singer Jason Pierce is just super popular in England. Um, this album actually uh, trumped OK Computer back in the day, which we all know that's like the best selling album in England of all time. So I totally knew that. That is not new information to me at all. Really? <laughs> so, well, this just tells you what kind of. Um, what kind of clout they have in the in the okay. mu in the music world, especially in Europe? But yeah, the the song is called and the album, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space, and it just the title alone fits this book perfectly. And I could definitely, like we said the last podcast, some of these you could just hear. And if this was made into a movie, the soundtrack, I think this would fit perfectly. That's one of the things I think about all the time when I'm reading. I have a friend; she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually, Juliana, who when she reads, she pictures like the cast of the book, and she kind of casts movie stars in her head for who would kind of play these characters. But I often, I think it's because I like movie soundtracks so much. Um, when I am reading a book, I think, oh gosh, if this were a movie, what would be playing right now? And I really could picture the opening. I did read the opening few pages of this book and the opening few pages is this teenage girl like in a truck driving the back roads of Colorado, like on a mission to meet her dad. And I, I can very much see that being some kind of montage or something where music is playing in the background. So yes. Do, do you ever find out, I mean, and did authors ever kind of come, come out and say, this is where I got the idea for the likeness about levitating. Did, was there 
some previous levitation cult that we don't know about in Colorado that inspired it? I have not seen a thing. I'm hoping when this book comes out, she'll do some interviews that will kind of let us know. But I stand by my firm belief that most summer camps are cults anyway. And so then adding this levitation component into the mix is very intriguing. Yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) Okay, very different literature and a very different direction. Next on the list is Beach Read. This is by Emily Henry came out in May and was very popular. I think partly because it was a book of the month club pick, like picture your standard kind of rom-com cover. You've got these two people, these two writers, uh, Augustus and I think January were their names and they hate each other and they kind of have this rivalry and he is a literary fiction writer and she is a romance writer and they help each other through writer's block. And of course, as is true of all classic rom-coms, they wind up falling in love. I read this book and really liked it and actually felt like it dealt with some pretty pretty in-depth uh, issues like grief and loss, all while kind of being tied up in this cute, fun romantic comedy story. So what This pick? is a movie waiting to happen, right? Right. It, Netflix needs to get on this stat. I, exactly. E- even just reading the three little paragraphs I read, I was like, oh my, does that have somebody made this already? Is this like, right. you know, but girlfriend, there is only one person that can do beach music. And uh, let me tell you, my, and uh, your listeners, if they've heard the last episode, they know my, my love of music kind of the genres will go all over the place. I don't really pigeonhole myself into one type of music, but there is one person I have this weird thing. There's one person that trumps everyone. The second time I've used that word, sorry. Um, And that is, believe it or not, I don't know why, Kenny Chesney. And so... (laughs) That is so true. No, it's true. I've definitely thought you were headed in the Beach Boys direction. Well, yeah, the Beach Boys is the greatest band of all time. Let's just be be clear about that's a fact. Uh, But (laughs) I'm telling you... But Kenny Chesney, when in the mid two thousands, when he switched to this whole "I'm going to be the next Jimmy Buffett, country Jimmy Buffett" thing, oh, it's true. And I don't know what it is, but Lindsay and I, we would, we would, the uh, "Be as You Are" album would come on on a Friday, and the next thing you know, we're packing a, a bag to go to the beach for the weekend. <laughs> this is all before kids. But <laughs> "Keys in the Conch Shell," his song "Keys in the Conch Shell," fits this perfectly. If they ever make the movie, which I'm pretty sure they will. <laughs> this will be a Kenny song will be in the, the, uh, in the, in the soundtrack. And, um, it, it's a weird thing. I don't know why. Usually I don't like, I'm not really too much into modern country, you know, uh-huh. but Kenny does it for me some, somehow. I should, you know. Why this Kenny song just out of curiosity? Well, the, the, the song keys in the conch shell is all about him being out on the boat, being on the beach. And it's, it's kind of like, girl, the keys are in the conch shell. Come on in. You know, make yourself okay. a drink. And so I'm kind of seeing where this this book might be leading with them falling in love and stuff like yeah. that. And, um, okay. and and then being next door. Yes. The next door, the next door neighbors that hate each other component is very alive and well in this book. And I do when I was reading it, part of what I loved about it was the setting. And I am normally I don't know, a beach person, but this book made me fall in love with, yeah, being out on a boat and kind of this lakefront. I don't know. I love this idea of having a beach house and getting to go just walk out on the pier. And there you are at either the, in our case, probably the Gulf Coast, but in this case, the case of this book, um, a lake. And I just very much felt the setting was a big deal for this book. And so I think the Kenny Chesney song will work perfectly. I love the idea that this brilliant to, I'm going to release a beach read book called Beach Read at the beginning of summer. Mm -hmm. And it's all about- Yeah, it's very, very smart. Very, very smart. Okay. 
very different. We've got this new book coming out. I believe it's later in June. It's called Nothing Can Hurt You by, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Nicola or Nicola May Goldberg. Um, this book looks dark (laughs) and I, I started reading it, um, but I have not finished it yet. And the premise is that this, if I'm not mistaken, that this teacher goes missing. No, this, the murdered college girl, um, that's the, right. Yeah, she Blake, the boyfriend, pleads insanity. That's right. Gets off, right? That's right. He gets off, and the book then proceeds through each di- each different person kind of affected by this girl's death. And so the opening chapter really grabbed me because it's unrelated, it's seemingly unrelated to the murder itself. It takes place several years later, and this young woman is in like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and then the guy she kind of makes eyes at, and they kind of bond during this meeting, is the kind of formerly accused murderer. And so you get kind of her perspective of meeting him at the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Then you get the perspective of a reporter um, who covered the case when it first broke. So you kind of get this wide range a cast of characters, which is always intriguing to me when you get a variety of voices and uh, telling this story. Um, so what direction did you go for this song? Oh, girl, I, I went fishing for this one because I went any direction I could find. Because This was the hardest book on the list. This one okay. had me, I don't know, there was, there was so much. It's almost like given the synopsis of this book, what I was given to go on, they couldn't give you too much information because of, right. I guess, spoilers and stuff like that. And then, so I went to some ARC reviews, you know, mm-hmm. that I found and very, even those were very just people talking about different perspectives and how the murder affects people. And then right in the dust, I got, I don't know if it's the dust jacket, on the dust jacket of the book or not, but it's in those three paragraphs, mm-hmm. this quote, which kind of, I don't know if it rubbed me the wrong way or if it kind of um, made me scratch my head a little bit that gendered violence is at the core of everyday life. And I was like, mm. wow, that's a bold statement, you know, but oh, that makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. So this and I was like, I love my wife. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, so I, I really I was I was digging for this one. And so mm-hmm. I never I've yet to do this, but I literally in Spotify typed in the title of the book. Nothing okay. can hurt you. And there's a song called Nothing Can Hurt You. I kid you not. And it's by whom I love Ricky Skaggs. Okay. And the chorus is nothing can hurt you like someone you love. Mm. And I was like, wow, that kind of fits, you know. I now I don't know the full story of this. So this after we read this book, this might not fit as nicely as I'm hoping it will. Right. But I'm assuming Blake and her, it sounded like there might be some kind of craziness on both sides. I don't know. That kind of comes yeah. out. I'm not sure. I'll be interested. I can report back because this one is a book that I'm very intrigued by. Like I said, because of the varying perspectives, it does look like a dark book. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but I kind of like pairing it with a an artist like Ricky Skaggs, who sings kind of that um, old oh, bluegrass yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah. Like, which that kind of music w- is darker than we all give it credit for. I feel oh, like yeah. that, yeah. that storytelling genre of music. And this is a very slow song. And so okay. it's a very kind of slow haunting song. Nothing can hurt you like someone you love. And, you know, maybe it resonates a little bit with this plot, at least. Okay. I'll, I think that, I don't know. I think that could be pretty accurate because my sense from this book is also that it's not like a bombastic girl on the train kind of thriller, more like a quiet, uh, I think haunting was the word you use. And I think that's really perfect for what I 
sense the tone of this book might be. Well, I, I know Motherland sounds a lot more fun. I was about to say, this is very fun. I did not realize when I sent you this list, we really cover a lot. <laughs> we go up and down uh, on this quite a bit. But Motherland, I have started. I'm actually reading it reading it this week. This is by Leah Frankie. It comes up, ooh, I feel like it comes out maybe July. And this almost, the premise almost reminds me a little bit of, remember that like Jennifer, was it Jennifer Lopez movie? Gosh, what was it called? Monster-in-Law. It almost oh, yes. reminds me of that a little bit. Um, where this uh, white Jewish woman has married this Indian American man and they ultimately decide to move together to, uh, I think it's Mumbai. And when they arrive, her mother-in-law shows up at the door, prepared to upend her own marriage and now come live with her daughter-in-law and son. Love the idea of this book. I love these kind of things. I love this tension. There's so much comedy that could come out of this. I don't know if there is comedy in the book, but it sounds like there definitely could be a lot of really good scenes and dialogue in this book. It's definitely got comedic undertones. And I think ultimately it's also going to be this book about kind of culture shock and belonging and um, a sense of place and of home. But I, so far it has kind of alternated chapters of their voices. And so you kind of get the daughter-in-law's perspective and the mother-in-law's perspective. So I feel like it does both characters justice, which I think it can be kind of rare instead of painting, you know, the mother-in-law as the as the monster-in-law, as the bad guy. So what'd you pick? Well, in in the words of Kevin Malone, in this corner, we have the mother-in-law. Oh, and she (laughs) is mad. And in this corner, we have the Jewish daughter-in-law, and she is mad. And let me tell you, we all know about the Bengal tiger in India. There's 3,000 of them. I looked it up. I did a little deep dive on this one. So there's only (laughs) one song that makes you want to get in the ring with your mother-in-law, and that's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, Have I ever, I don't know if I've ever shared this on this podcast, but that is the song that all of our groomsmen walk down the aisle to. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) That is great. I love it. Uh, It's great. Um, What a a time. But yeah, um, all the groomsmen and I think Jordan Jones all walked down the aisle to Eye of the Tiger. That's that's a good. That, see, that, those are the kind of weddings we want to go to. People, we don't want to be up there while the not Washington say specifics. I don't want to call anybody out, but you've been to those weddings. You know those weddings that get awkward. Yes. We want fun. We want yeah. the office. We want Jim and Pam weddings. Do more. Of <laughs> yeah. So okay, I actually think, and I kind of love that you did a deep dive into Bengal tigers. Yeah, three thousand tigers still in India. I was like, wow, they really are known for their tigers. Who knew? Okay. So, Perfect. Next, again, almost more in the same vein as Nothing Can Hurt You is the book, and Olivia's reading this right now, is The Brightlands by John Fram. This is another kind of, it's a murder mystery, but I would, I'm kind of understanding that that's not really what the book itself is about. So you've got this young guy who's kind of this football star in Texas, and his brother has moved away and kind of gotten out of this small Texas town. And the brother comes home to kind of protect his younger sibling. And when he arrives, his younger sibling is found murdered, I believe. I read Missing. I didn't know. Okay, Missing. You know more than me, but... um... Maybe they just didn't want to. Only Olivia knows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's so maybe he's found missing. And then this brother who now is reluctantly back home uh, is trying to find out details of his brother's disappearance. And let me tell you, the first thing that popped in my head, and I know 
it's going to, this is going to be the kind of the, probably the tagline for this book is this sounds like Stephen King, because I believe I read that there's a a little supernatural element that might work its way into the story, have Mm -hmm. no clue what that's about. Mm -hmm. However, it's been years since I read it, but I remember that um, King likes to, and I know I'm probably barking up the wrong tree here, but he, he likes to put quotes from poetry and music at the beginning of a lot of his chapters. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, when I read this, I was like, this sounds like Stephen King's it. This kind of going back to Derry, Maine or going back to, you know, figure out what's going on in my small town I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I remember that he in uh, in it, he had Bruce Springsteen in there with uh, Born in the USA. I didn't I wanted to use that song, but it's there's one line in that song that fits this book perfectly. However, it's a Vietnam protest kind of song and, mm-hmm. you know, Born in the USA. But. Another song that fits perfectly by Bruce Springsteen and um, is "My Hometown" off the same album, "Born in the USA." It's the last track on that town, on that song um, album, and it's all about it, this is your hometown. So I just kind of—I uh, mean, it's all about you know stores are closing down. This is mm-hmm. our a very small town. Football means everything. Mm-hmm. Sports means everything. Be proud of where you come from, kind of thing. Even mm-hmm. though you want to get out. We all have our troubles growing up in small towns and stuff like that. However, there's still this little sense of, um, I don't know, pride in your small town, even even though you might have been treated wrongly there, which it sounds like Joel was. I think that's the main character's name. Sounds like he had a pretty rough time growing up there and coming back could be very hard for him. I understand. But I think I read that he does maybe make some connections while he's there. I'll be so curious to read this one. Olivia is reading it. I think she read it this weekend and I hope she's bringing it back to me because it sounds to me a little bit, you mentioned it, which I think is a great comparison. I'm also picturing like Friday Night Lights, the show, Stranger Things or something like that, where there's a slight supernatural element and all these kids want to get out and leave. And I think in the case, if I'm not mistaken, in the case of Joel, the big brother, he came out as gay while living in his small town and it did not go over well. And so he leaves and I think he made maybe even lives in New York City or something, and then comes back. And so I like this idea of grappling with being back home yourself. And also, you know, now you know who you are and you're more comfortable with yourself. Does that make a difference in the experience of your hometown? And then all in the backdrop of this supernatural mystery. Kind yeah, of it's kind of like that feeling when we all go back, when we're in our 20s and we go back to our elementary school. <laughs> and everything looks yeah. so small and so petty, you know, yes. that we used to take or our old high school. You're like, I can't believe I took this so serious, you know? Right. And, um, and maybe wonder... that's what Joel gets to experience. He's proud of who yeah. he is now and he has a different look on life. And it, I think it cuts probably even worse that uh, cuts a little deeper for him that his brother is like the football hero. Everybody yes. loves him in town kind of thing. Yes, I think there's definitely some sibling tension as well that I'll be interested to see how it's addressed. Yeah, that was a tough one, but uh, it it definitely, the book intrigued me. It sounds like it's going to be a really good mystery. I I can't wait to find out what that supernatural element might be. Okay, I'll report back. Okay, next is, I think it's, uh, gosh, I guess there are two memoirs technically on the list. Uh, This one is, let's never. (laughs) Shame, shame, shame. Are there three? name. (laughs) <laughs> no, this book. When I read oh, this, yeah. when I read this, the synopsis, I was like Annie B. Jones. <laughs> yeah, this is different, but I'm, but I'm also really curious. So this is called "Let's Never Talk About This Again," which that title alone I think is fantastic by Sarah Faith Alterman. Had you heard of her before? She's the host of a podcast, I think, called "Is It Mortified." I can't remember that. I don't know, but somewhere I had heard in maybe podcast land or something. Maybe there was an advertisement for her podcast. 
about yes. what she goes through. Yes. I. It totally sounds to me almost like the premise of a This American Life segment. And who knows, maybe she's been on This American Life. But basically, she has a podcast called Mortified, where I think you're supposed to recount your kind of most mortifying experiences from childhood or from high school or even early adulthood. And then they kind of talk about it. And it sounds really interesting. I've never listened to it. But this well, She's book, got us beat. She's got everyone beat with this. Yeah. Yeah. So her dad her, is like, is he a sex ed? Is he a sex therapist? What is he? I can't no, remember. He, I think he, he wrote porn as what I Yes, that's got. right. Yes, that's right. Super, super mortifying for uh, Sarah Faith. And so she talks about that. And then kind of, I think this book is supposed to be about her grappling with her relationship with her dad and how he writes porn. She finds out he does, which can you even imagine? I think she's like 12 or something when she finds it. I'm like, oh my Lord, call <laughs> yes. Maury Povich. because. <laughs> Yes. And so she really has to come to terms with is her dad who she has always thought her dad to be. And I, I think this is so interesting because Jordan and I watched this weekend, the Lance Armstrong documentary, like the ESPN thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the saddest, God, it's really good. It was kind of depressing. But one of the most interesting parts to us was the only time Lance Armstrong seemed really remorseful and grieved by his decisions was when he talked about his relationship with his son and how he caught his son like defending his honor one day and realized he had to intervene and tell his son the truth. And I just picture like Sarah being maybe this kind of innocent 12 year old and not knowing what her dad does and then discovering what he does, but still loving him despite what he does for a living. And so what song did you find that would be appropriate for this? Well, you know, one thing to add on that I read, and I might be wrong about this, is that he is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yes. And so she has to, he wants to end his days writing more of this stuff and she joins him and helps him, mm. which makes, and if I'm wrong about that, please let me know. But because I, <laughs> I said, oh my, this, this is getting interesting. This is good. This, <laughs> so I just went straight to the Boogie Night soundtrack, girlfriend, right? We just went st- straight to Dirk Diggler and <laughs> Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band. There's not a better song that kind of. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that choice a lot because I do think she too addresses things, you know, what she's dealing with is serious, but she addresses it in a humorous way. And I think that song is really at its heart, kind of a tongue in cheek song. So next I've got, this is also interesting. So this almost is memoir-esque, but it is fiction. It's called A Star is Bored, which oh, I, I also love this. this title. This is the one I want to read. Yeah. Okay, so this one is by Byron Lane. He's the former assistant to uh, Carrie Fisher, and he has written this book. It's fiction, but I am assuming kind of sort of based on his own personal experiences. And it is about a man who goes to work for a Hollywood star and kind of the person behind the personality, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So what song did you pick? Well, for one, the reason I want to read this so bad, obviously, when I found out he worked for Carrie Fisher, there's going to be some goodies coming out in this book. When does this come out? Do you know? Is this a June, July? I think it comes out in July. Yeah, there's going to be some interesting little tidbits where we're going to be scratching our heads going, oh, did she really do that? And we just don't know about it. But um, this was uh, straight. I'm going straight to the point here. This is Prince. Let's go crazy. Let's get nuts because as, as some of the, the stuff I read alludes to that Mrs. Fisher maybe got a little crazy on her assistant a few times mm-hmm. and he had to put out some really weird fires, I think. 
can you imagine being an assistant to anyone in Hollywood truly? Oh, um, no. and I, I just, I, I don't know that I'm cut out for that kind of life. So kudos to Byron Lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, th- I think Prince, I think, I think this fits, fits pretty well. Next is a kind of another rom-com on the list, although I kind of like the premise of this one. It's by Beth O'Leary, who wrote the book Flat Share. This is her new one coming out in August called The Switch. And to me, it very much sounds like a Freaky Friday type of plot, uh, but between a grandmother and a granddaughter. And I love multi-generational books. I was very close to both of my grandmothers. And so I'm very intrigued by this premise. I think it could be really fun. I think this this book sounds really, really fun. This is not something... I don't know if this is something that my 40 year old self would go out and read. (laughs) However, if, if my wife was reading this to me, you know, sometimes we read books to each other. This is one that I'd say, yeah, let's read this together kind of thing. Um, however the switch now I'm going to date myself a little bit. Well, I just did. I'm in my (laughs) forties. So, um, however, I'm going to sound really extra old here because what I did is I I put two songs on for this one. I looked up, uh, we did the math and I looked up the Billboard Top 100 number one song when her grandmother would have been her age, which I oh. think was like, she's like maybe 29 in the book, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong yeah, about that. Yeah, she's a young adult. Uh-huh. So I did the math. I think she's 80 in the, the grandmother or the grandmother's 80 in the book. So do the math. She would, she would have been around, right around 1960. She would have been her age. Okay. okay. And the number one song then was Sugar Sugar by the Archies, you know. Oh, sugar. Oh, dun, dun, that's dun, a great dun, dun. song. And to juxtapose that, I grabbed the number one song from America this week. Okay. And it's by somebody, of course, I have no clue who this is. And um <laughs> this is and if I pronounce it wrong, just know I'm an old white dude. Uh <laughs> Doja Cat, is that right? I truly you're D-O-G-A. truly asking the wrong person. <laughs> D-O-G-J-A-C-A-T, and the song is called Say So. And when you listen to these back to back, and I want to do this on purpose, uh-huh. it is, wow, it's, we've, we've, uh, I don't know if we've come a long ways the right way to put it, or if we've not, you know, come <laughs> far enough, say. or maybe we should revisit the past a little bit, because what was number one for her and what's number one for her granddaughter is just night and day. Oh. It's really, really interesting. What an interesting exercise. And the fact that they're entering into each other's world, I was just picturing this this 80-year-old lady listening to her <laughs> granddaughter's playlist, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great point. I love how you got to that, got to those two songs. That's really clever. Okay, last on the list comes out I Oh gosh, I think it's June 30th is a book by Heather Lind called Of Bears and Ballots. I like Heather a lot. I've read one of her previous books. Um, She lives in a tiny little town in Alaska. And this book is about her decision to, I believe post 2016 or maybe right around 2016, she decides to run for local office. And I think any of us who live in small towns, no matter, no matter where geographically located those small towns are, that local politics are just an interesting, gosh, just an interesting mix. And so she decides to get involved. She runs for office. She wins. And then this book is about her experience kind of being a a small town politician. Uh, So it's called Of Bears and Ballots. Do you have to even ask where I went with this one? I think (laughs) it might be kind of obvious, right? This, This is so perfect. I think Leslie Nope would be proud. There's one person who we know, a very famous politician from Alaska, who tried yes. her hand at politics. <laughs> and you may not know that Sarah, Sarah Palin, uh, her nickname was Sarah Barracuda. 
Oh, I forgot that. I had I had really put that <laughs> put that way back there, right? Yeah, I had to I had to dig it dig it out. Um, and so I had to look up. Actually, a lot about Sarah Palin. I didn't know anything about this lady, but anyway, Barracuda by Heart would fit this oh, just God. right. Well, I'm all I'm here for a heart song, so. <laughs> Well, yeah, there was going to be two heart songs um, on uh, the playlist, but with Prince's Let's Go Crazy, I was going to do Go Crazy On You by Heart. Okay. But so okay. Heart didn't make the list. What a good way to round out the playlist, I think. So have you listened to the playlist in its entirety? I have, yeah. It, it It's up and down, kind of like the, the books that we're, we're talking about today. They're, they're all over the place, right? Yeah. So the, the soundtrack or this playlist is going to sound a little like that all over the place. But hey, it's fun, right? Yeah. Hit I shuffle if you fun. need to. There you go. Um, well, Robbie, thank you so much for coming up with our summer 2020 playlist. Listeners, you can find it on Spotify through our show notes. And thanks, Robbie. I can't wait to report back on some of these books to tell you how they match the music. Can't wait to hear it. Thank you, Annie. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased or pre-ordered online through our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading I'm Still Here by Austin Channing Brown. Robbie, what are you reading? Annie, I used to be a middle school literature teacher, and every year, every year, my seventh grade had the joy of me reading to them The Wednesday Wars by Gary D. Schmidt. And now that I'm a homeschooling dad, me and the boys, I've started reading this to them. So this was my fifth time through, I believe, fifth or sixth Did time hold through. Up? And oh, brings tears to your eyes. It is The Wonder Years, the book. If you, oh. ever, if you remember the show, The Wonder Years, yeah. Holland Hood Hood is Fred Savage. It all works out. So it takes place in the 60s. And it's very appropriate to be reading right now in our in the new reality we're living in. Uh, oh. In 1968, they, a lot of similar stuff was going on, it seems like. So oh, my okay. boys are learning a lot about a similar history that they're living through. And this book is one of my top three favorite books of all time. Oh, fun. I I have never read it and I've read other books by him, but this one consistently gets recommended to me and I think I just need to do it. Maybe I need to read it this summer. Do it. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly shelf life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week. Next week.